Cubs, Cubs, cave parties. Everybody's in full giving back to those in Club 400 Radio this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, which was awesome. I listened to it like four times, William. That was really good. And I, I, I gave it to Bob Cash and listen. I said, Bob, I want you to listen to this. He wasn't at the party. I said, tell me what you think. And he said, man, that was better than what you what you told me it was going to be. Really? So, good. Yeah. So, Hey, yeah. if we can win Bob Cash over, we can win anybody over. I know. The, the guy missed. I'm going to call him out on Club 400 podcast. He missed the Christmas party. I'm really mad about that, but... I'm sure he'll be back. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, uh, we are timeless radio, but we are in the off season mode of recording, and basically the off season starts uh, next week with the winter meetings in Las uh, Las Vegas. Well, it actually technically kind of started this past week. A lot about, of action going on. What about on? the Addison Russell news? A lot, lot of lot of Cub news coming out, and there's only going to be more coming out. I know, you know? it's exciting. So, hot stove. The hot stove is warming up. Uh, MLB channel, I, it's on my TV every single day. Yeah. And now I got the XM radio for Christmas. I've been listening to the baseball channel on there. It's a good one. Yeah, so, uh, but I wanted to talk to you about our, and this one of the reasons why we're bringing in Crowley, and we'll bring in Crowley in a minute to introduce him. But uh, the Cubs convention's coming right around the corner, and we are having our, pre, our annual pre-Cubs uh, convention party here at Club 400. And usually we have the party... The week of Cubs convention, um, but this week, this this year was set up a little bit different. I'm kind of glad about it. I mean, um, it makes life easier for you. Yeah, exactly. But it's a little tough to throw a, throw a little yeah. party and then head down to Chicago the next morning and right. have to do it all over again. You know, <laughs> right? So, uh, I want to thank Brian Freeze for put, helping me put this party together. Um, he made it real easy. And we're getting one of the guys I wanted over here for a long time. First off, let me give a big shout out to Ray Burris. Who was out here last year with Billy Buckner? So he was so great, and he's just a hell of a nice guy. And uh, that was when we presented you uh, with the uh, Club 400 That's Christmas right. surprise. That's right. And he was really touched by that, and uh, he's a big a supporter of Club 400. So really, between Brian and Ray, they set this event up 
on it's going to be January 5th at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Tickets are on sale right now. One of my favorites back when I was growing up, Leon Durham, the Bull. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he hasn't been out. In, he just was out actually for the sports show, but he, he has before that he hasn't been out to Chicago in a long time. And I met him and I got to talk to him. I got to kind of warn him what he was going to walk into. He is currently um, the batting coach for uh, I think the AAA. Um, boy, I don't want to get this wrong, but he is a batting coach right now, and okay. I, th- I think it's for the Phillies. I think so. But I could and be wrong. And Ray Burris is with the uh, Phillies. He, he's with the Phillies too. I, yeah. I, I believe I'm right. I could be wrong, but those guys are going to come out. And then we got a 2016 World Championship coach John Malley coming out, which wow. is going to be awesome. Buy your tickets. Come on out. Autographs from all of them. Pictures with all of them. It's fantastic. Great stories with all of them. And uh, I was reminded uh, the other day why Club 400 is so awesome. I went and got uh, Mark Race's autograph. I got two autographs, two inscriptions. Cost me 160 bucks. I was in and out of the store in four minutes. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, I was just like, I was a customer, you know, on the other end, and I was like, oh, I am giving all these guys awesome deals. But you know, like I said, we're never here to turn a profit. We're here to raise money for charity. So please come out. And then today, today our, our, the reason why we're bringing Crowley on is to talk about the Cubs convention. That's really the annual kickoff. So I see it all the time, William, on the Internet. I see people asking questions about the Cubs convention. Well, we're bringing on the expert today. All right, Stu, you know, there are certain people who are famous all over the world by one name. You've got Madonna, you know, Cher. Everybody knows who these people are. Elvis, right? Exactly. We have one of those people in the house today. Stu. You know, hey. Everybody knows Stu. Right, right. We have one of those people in the house today. His name is Crowley. Everybody knows Crowley. If you're a Cubs fan, and you don't know Crowley. Well, then I don't think you're a Cubs fan would, at all. That's a know? true test as to whether you're a Cubs fan or not. Crowley, welcome to Club 400 Radio, buddy. Appreciate. It. He came all the way in the studio. He's drinking a cold beer right now. I'm having a cocktail. It's as all it should good. be. Yes. Welcome to the show, buddy. I'm glad to be here. And any excuse to come out to Club 400, I'm going to take. <laughs> You know, I was, I'm sure it wasn't, um, you know, he had, he had to persuade the wife to come out on a Sunday, and uh, it worked. Yeah, good well, to have you. You know, I, you know, begging and pleading sometimes helps, so, that you know, I have no shame. <laughs> so, Crowley, when we started, when I started Club on Radio, you're like one of the guys, I'm like, oh, we got to do, a sh-, you know, there's all these, you know, I made lists, and you made lists, William, and I'm like, you know, Crowley's, uh, you know, we got to get him on soon. And I, yeah, we I, wanted to actually get better at it than we were the first show we did. Exactly. Know? So we, we need a little time because we had we have questions. But we have to make this show awesome because the last one was the Miggy Montero show. So we got to bring our A game up here on That's this right. one. You know. So I, I got to tell you, you know, I'm still recovering from that Miggy uh, Club 400. That was one of the best I think you've ever had. Just as far as just how much fun it was and how much fun he was. That was just, you outdid yourself, and you keep doing it. I don't know how you keep doing it, but... Well, I always say the party is as only as good as the guest. If the guest is awesome, the party's going to be awesome. If they're into it, then, you know, everybody's going to feel it. You know, it creates a certain amount of energy. That night, there was energy here. Yeah, he was. brought energy, and, uh, you know, he's, he was open, candid, honest. He was, I mean, if you, if you left that party not liking it more, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm always going to love Miggy, obviously. So, you know, he's just to be there and... You know, be able to see him again after presenting the ring to him. You know, it's just a really good moment for me. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. First of all, we, well, I want to talk how you became a Cubs fan, but while we're on the Miggy thing, let's talk about, yeah, you know, you you had the honor to be one of the ring bearers uh, in 2017. And uh, talk about that whole process and what it meant to you as a Cub fan. Uh, this kind of ties into Cubs convention, actually. After the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, during Cubs convention, there's different uh, different segments where you can you know, ask questions of people. And so when after the Cubs won, I remember after the White Sox won, yes, that happened in 2005. Uh, in 2006 opening day, they gave rings to 40,000 people, replica rings. So I asked Crane Kenny, you know, are you going to do something similar for Cub fans? Are you going to give us replica rings for the first 40,000 that come in, which is pretty much everybody? And he said, you know what, Crawley, we got something better. We are going to have a contest for the 20 of the biggest Cub fans. And the people that are going to win are going to be on the field to present at Wrigley Field. And everybody's jaw dropped. And everybody knew we want that. That's what we want to do. And so what ends up happening is there was this contest where you had to have a minute-long video. And in that video, you had to basically explain why you were worthy to be a Cubs fan. So I gave my friends some pictures, some video, some music, that kind of stuff. They put it together. 
And I honestly did not believe I was going to be chosen just because, you know, people know me through the Cubs and all right. that stuff. And they, I kind of figured I'd kind of be overlooked. And then all of a sudden I got the phone call that you're, you're going to be one of the ring bearers. And so, I mean, it's just a shocking moment, you know. And so what ended up happening is they brought us all to Wrigley the day of. And we didn't know who we were going to present a ring to. And so they lined us all up and they said, we, you know, part of this gift, we're going to give you a jersey. And on the back of your jersey says ring bearer. There's 20 jerseys that say ring bearer. And you found out who you were going to present to because of the number. Okay. So, oh, wow. yeah. I got 47 for Miggy, so that was just absolutely a blast. That's that's amazing. I mean, I first of all, I don't know how you pick through. I bet there was some pretty good So the guys the, the who made stuff. the video for you? You had to go out and give them a few beers or something, you know, for, Oh, absolutely. I mean, cuz that's part presentation right, is key, exactly. that kind of thing, you know. Presentation was key, and the other thing is is rules. And there was a lot of rules to this. And oh, if you I didn't bet. look the rules, it disqualified it. So that's where I kind of laughed is that the original video uh, had the theme song. My original video that was out had the theme song that was from Imagine Dragons. They played before the game 2016. Uh, we the other warriors, right. you know that yeah. song. Yeah. Right, so right. that one was on there, and it's absolutely awesome. But then all of a sudden, my buddy showed it to me. I'm like, "That's great. I love it. it looks awesome." I take a look at the rules. You can't have any. You can't have any copyrighted material right. on there. Right. So, you know, Danny Rocket, friends of all yeah. of us, right yeah. here. What he used to do is he used to bust my balls. He used to send me a video every day like, Crawley, this video is better than yours. Crawley, this video is better than yours. Oh, really? Yeah. Son of a... And so what ends up happening... Sounds like Danny. (laughs) What ends up happening, though, is that when I look at the rules, you can have copyrighted material. So I told my buddy, you got to just go... They have generic YouTube music that you can put on there. You just put that on there. I know it doesn't sound as cool. It's nowhere near as cool. Just get it done. So what ends up happening is I'm looking at the videos every day just to see what they look like. And nine-tenths of them have Go Cubs Go which is a copyrighted Steve right. Goodman song. Every one of those just got tossed out. So right, right. I don't know. I, I feel like I lucked out. But I kind of, in the video that I had, it had you know pictures of me with uh, Yosh Kuano. Yeah. And he I, don't, I don't really think you lucked out, though. <laughs> I mean, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, it, like I said, if you're a Cubs fan, you don't know who Crowley is. And the Cubs organization definitely knows who he is. Right. I mean, you know, he's, he's been Good, there. Good, bad, for, or ugly. Yeah, they he's been there every <laughs> single year. He's in the front row. Right. In fact, I remember, I think it was 2017 after the Cubs won the World Series. I, I really never talked to Crowley that much, to be honest with you. Uh, but he was sitting in the front row, and someone bought him Chipotle, and I was, like, super hungover from the Kerry Wood event. And I was like, well, that bastard. I'm like, he's sitting in the damn front row. Chipotle is being delivered to him. I'm like, I need to hang out with that guy a little bit more, you know? <laughs> so I didn't know who you were until the trip we took yeah, to, to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, and, and who whoever was telling me about you, they're like, he's the guy that always asks the first question. No matter where we're at. Yeah, he asked yeah, the question. He's the first question, yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we always talk about Cubs fan. We talk about passionate, right? right. Passion. You got to have that passion. Crowley's always had the passion. You don't, you know, you know, you can feel Crowley's passion, you know. Right. So my question to you, Crowley, is like, how did you get that passion? How how did you become the uh, love of Cubs baseball? Where did and, the fire start? Yeah. Where did where did it come from? Uh, for me, it, it's you know a lot of times when I joke around with Cubs fans, I say it's a genetic disease. It gets passed down from generation to generation. So um, my great uncle actually played some minor league ball with the Cubs when they used to have the D-League in Kenosha. So they had these Kenosha Cubs, you know, and uh, he ended up going to World War II, and he never really pursued any baseball career, but he made sure to instill everyone. He didn't have any kids of his own. So all his nieces and nephews, he instilled that love of the Cubs. And, and my dad grew up on Irving Park in Polina which is about maybe like a mile, mile and a half from Wrigley Tops. And so, the, you know, when he was growing up in the 50s, they would all play catch underneath the red line, go to the game for a nickel right. in the bleachers. Can't do that anymore. Those yeah. are the days. And uh, <laughs> yeah. if you helped clean up after the game, you helped the Andy right. Frey ushers, they'd give you a ticket for the next day. Right. So when I was growing up, you know, in any family gathering, all we, you know, the, the women kind of talked about the women's stuff and the men were all talking about the Cubs. And so it just I grew up with that. And then when I was eight years old, the 84 team came along and just blew my mind. Right. And ever since then, I've just been hooked. Gotcha. I mean, that's the same thing with me. The 84 team made me like a crazy man, you know. And that's why whenever we have any of these players from 84, yeah, it's that's, like, like the bulls in the out. wheelhouse. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, geez, the 2016 yeah. players are, you know, elevated now because of what happened. But the 84 team for yeah. everyone who's like, you know, mm-hmm. our age. Right. I said, as you two guys are both way younger. <laughs> So cr- from there, Crowley, you know, obviously you start going to the Cubs conventions and uh, you go on road trips and stuff like that. Or we wouldn't do as much road trips, but we would. The Cubs convention to me 
is to me more important than Christmas, New Year's, my birthday. Like Cubs convention is just, I don't know. You know, it's like the season ends and all of a sudden, like, you know, there's the Bears and there's the Bulls and there's the Hawks. And I'm always going to kind of love those teams. I don't, you know, but the passion for the Cubs is what really gets me going. So when the season ends, I'm just kind of down. Right. You know, I just, and that's why I love coming here. And that's why I love coming to the convention is I got other people that have that same passion. And, and you know, I can share that. But, uh, you know, when it comes to the convention, it's, it's for me, that's the greatest weekend of the year. That's to me, that's, I have so much fun and I've never gotten tired of it. Never. Oh, and I've been going into it since I can remember. There's just uh, if you're a Cubs fan, you know you have to go to Cubs convention. You know, I mean, it's like you're going through detox after the season, and it's it's the first sign of baseball is the Cubs convention, pretty much. You know? Right, you're you're sitting there, and it's usually in the coldest day of the year, usually in January, always Martin Luther King Day weekend, and you're you're freezing, but all of a sudden it's just this glimmer of hope because there's always to me a timetable: Cubs con, pitchers catchers. Everyone else reports minor league game or spring training games, and then you got your uh, opening day, and you, yeah. it just rolls. Exactly from there, it like starts. You know, that's that's when it. You know, and there's always some kind of news that come out of it. Before we talk about the Cubs convention, I want to talk about your online presence because you've done a heck of a job on Twitter and Facebook, and this year you YouTube. rolled out yeah YouTube and you yeah YouTube is YouTube channel and saved uh, us a couple times. I, want, I do want to talk about your yeah he did, and I, I do want to talk about your T-shirts uh, idea that you came out this year that you're selling online too. So you can talk uh, talk about your social media presence because he's got a good one. Crowley's out there. Like I said, everybody knows Crowley, man. Uh, especially beer money. We got to talk about beer money. <laughs> <laughs> Crowley, Crowley's you know Crowley actually it, it ended up being a nickname that I got from college, and so there was one time a picture of me crawling home. And everybody, just, they used to call me, my name is Paul, and they would call me Pauly. And then all of a sudden, one time, this picture came out of me kind of crawling home, trying to make it to bed, and pa- Pauly <laughs> became Crawley. Became Crawley. It's awesome. And I didn't know that. And it's stuck. <laughs> and stuck. And so when I came back from college, I had an old Sosa jersey, but I needed to update my jersey. It wasn't fitting as well. I had a couple too many beers in, in college. So I got it at Crawley, and I couldn't think of a number. And so I picked 16 because that was my college apartment number that I lived in. Okay. And so once, right. in case you get lost, once <laughs> once I did that, what ended up happening is around you know early 2000s blogging started. Nobody really knew what that was, and so I kind of jumped on that right away. And so I was one of the first real bloggers that was out there. Um, but when my uh, wife gave birth to our daughter, our second child, she's like, "Look, you you, you guys know how much." work all of the ah. stuff takes behind the scene yes she kind of she kind of said hey you got to help out here now we got two kids that was <laughs> right. our second child that was born and so i kind of hung it up you know and that's all of a sudden i left and all these other people started coming in and all of a sudden there's like a gold rush right so at that point i kind of was like okay but i kind of just missed getting my thoughts out there you know it's like you're sitting there you're watching a game and you want to say something and so i started on twitter uh, at crawley's cubs and I just kind of just started throwing my ideas out there. And from there, just, I just, you know, some people are very into the analytics. I like analytics. Some people are into whatever, you know. To me, it's just I just want to give people my experience, what it's like to be a season holder, season ticket holder, what it's like to kind of go to these different events, memorabilia, sharing, that kind of stuff. So my Twitter is at Crawley's Cubs. And then I do have a Facebook presence on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube is all Crawley's Clubhouse. And uh, we also have a website, crawleysclubhouse.com, where you can get. We have a whole bunch of different shirts. Uh, the newest one we got is called Game Day. And so if you look at that one, it has the ball, you know, the, the symbols. If you've ever been sitting there at work and you're watching on the computer off the corner of your eye, the ball, strike, in play runs. Right. So that's our newest one. We have all sorts of fun ones. We had Team Chemistry last, this last year, where we had a periodic table of all the different Cubs players. And Which was, aw- it was an awesome idea. I mean,. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? Yeah. All the uh, different yeah. uh, periodic tables for all the players. It was cool. So I brought uh, I brought that one. You can still get those, right? You can everything's still, yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah everything's yeah. on there. We have a No Fighting in the Bleachers, again, a Danny Rocket song, and we have uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. We have a... Cue that up after this episode, will you? <laughs> we also have a, um, you know, when I got in a big... This is another Cubs convention story, but I got in a big argument. It was... Uh, what was her name? I can't remember. She was the uh, marketing director, and she came up with this idea of Clark. And I could not stand how it looked. It just looked so genuine. I didn't like the idea of a mascot, too, because before they got Clark, you know, the Cubs mascot, there, were, there was only a few teams that didn't have a mascot. I think it was the uh, Yankees was one, the Dodgers was another. There's just very few teams, and they had a legacy of not having these mascots. And when they rolled it out, I just thought it was, like, so generic. Allison Miller was her name. Yeah, Allison Miller, yeah. She used to work for uh, uh, the cereal company. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I said, God, this just sucks. I'm like, this is just the most generic thing. And I came up with, you know, people kept saying, like, it's not for you, it's for kids. I'm like, I get that, but at least make it look good. Right. So I started arguing with Allison about that, and she kind of said, Clark's here to say you're not going to, you know, change anything about that. <laughs> and he's not going to be wearing pants, so just deal with it. <laughs> so I said, well, you know what, then? I'm going to come up with my own cool-looking mascot, and that's where we developed Hack, which is a – Northside loving bear that just looks cooler, I think, and kind of incorporates right. some of the ideas of the 84 logo that I love so much and those type of things. So it's, uh, you know, we sell a lot of shirts like that. We're also the only company that has um, something that's related to Spanish speaking Cub fans because there's a lot. It's called Cachorros. And in that regard, you know, I'm, I've given some to, uh, I know Javi has one of our shirts. A couple other guys have some of our shirts right. just to kind of say, hey, it's just kind of fun and just incorporate more people into the fan base. That's uh, awesome. It, it is, man, and uh, like I said, obviously, you know, you're not doing this kind of stuff unless you, if you love baseball, you right. love the Cubs, and you have passion for it. So I gotta tell you, you, you took it to the next level for sure. After all your events, I always look forward to going to the the clubhouse because, like for instance, when Schwarber was out here, I right. was standing off to the side, and you know, it was awesome. He had a good Q and A and all that, and. He gets video. He's in the front row, you know, or right in the middle, like right where you want to be every single time. Yeah, he's, he's right up there. Always right there. So he's definitely, you know, that's what we we want people like you know Crowley to be part of Club Four Hundred. So it's really awesome. Eventually, you know, it's like me, my wife knew who Crowley was just from going to the Cubs convention. She did. She knew who he was because he's more, the Ricketts. You know, he'd be the first guy to ask a question. And but he has a presence at the Cubs convention, and that's where we're gonna go next, Crowley and. uh the Cubs convention is why we why, why we wanted to bring you on. First of all, we wanted to tell the audience, you know, who you were and what you were all about. But I thought, like, hey, let's do a Cubs convention uh, pre-episode because I see online all the time people, who, first-timers that have ever been there a little bit. So I brought the expert in, man. Right. This guy is the expert of the Cubs convention. I probably like the second expert, but he's the main one, all right? I'm the vice president. He's the president, so... <laughs> Cubs convention's coming up, and uh, it's a week later than normal this year, Crowley, isn't it? Um, it always is the weekend of Martin Luther King holiday, which is really important because the only time I don't have too many drinks at Stu's place at Club 400 is the one before CubsCon because I got to be ready to go. Yes. But luckily, you get that Monday off because I work in education, so... I get to recover on that Monday because I do not sleep much Friday through Saturday. I tell you what, the Cubs convention will wear wear you down. Like you, you know, you do need a day off after it. I mean, because you're on your feet a lot, you're in crowds, you, you know, it's just it's a it's a it's a mayhem down there pretty much in a, in a hotel. But let's talk about the old days. Uh, we, we brought it up a little bit earlier today. Before the Cubs uh, were bought by the Ricketts, it was in the Chicago Hilton and Towers, correct? Yeah, they, where did they do it? The, fir the very first one was not at the Hilton Towers, but then after that, for like the next 25 years, it was at the Hilton and Towers, which, you know, for a lot of us that have been at the old place, they've done a lot better with what they, in the Sheridan recently, but the Hilton, nothing will ever compare to those old days. No, Hilton was, uh, I mean, when it, when it moved away from the Hilton, I was surprised because it's kind of like, Wrigley Field, you know, part two. It was, you know, it was the other place you united right. with Cub fans besides Wrigley Field. And uh, Kitty O'Shea's, I mean, the nights at Kitty O'Shea's, and they had a lot of different, you know, conference rooms in there where, if you remember, Crowley, back in the day, like, now, now that the Cubs won the World Series, they have a lot less sessions because they need space, you know? Right. But back then, they'd have three to four sessions going on at a time. Mm. Yeah, you had, you know, back in the day, you'd come in and you'd have the opening ceremonies in the Grand Ballroom, and you would there was a little corner balcony and Harry used to be the Harry Carey used to be the uh, master of ceremonies. And then after that, Pat Hughes, uh, but you would have this huge, enormous ballroom, but then you had options afterward on what you wanted to do. And that was the cool thing before about it is that, uh, you, you had, you did have a lot of options as far as what you could go and what you could see. And there's always plenty of room. Whereas the Sheridan always feels just a little bit more crowded. Yeah. Saturday night. Who, what was that band they had on Saturday night? They used to have a <laughs> rock and roll review on yeah. Saturday. <laughs> There's a true story right here. I had never been there. You know, we would we would always kind of go elsewhere. We would be at Kiddies or we, we right. would sign out to the rock and roll review. And all of a sudden, one day, you know, for my blog at the time, I said, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in here." And so I go, and they had a, a Blues Brothers cover band yeah, and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. So I'm sitting with the car there, with the car with the car. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> yep. And uh, we're, I'm sitting there having some drinks. And I'm, you know, on the dance floor having a good time. I love Blues Brothers music as much as any Chicagoan. And I'm sitting there, and there's Ronnie Woo Woo. You know, if someone's going to show up in some Cubs event, it's Ronnie Woo Woo. And he's trying to dance with this cougar 
that's had a few too many drinks, right? <laughs> and so Ronnie's kind of doing his thing at this time, Ronnie Woo Woo. And then comes Bowser from Sha Na Na. Oh, my God. So now we have Bowser from Sha Na Na and Ronnie Woo Woo <laughs> both trying to mac on this same cougar that's had one too many drinks. It was something that I will never forget. Worth the price of admission right there. It was the first and last time I did the rock and roll review. Thankfully, it no longer exists. <laughs> wow. Dude, uh, we used to go to it. I, I didn't like going to it or anything, but we'd go to it just for like, we'd go out and then we'd come back. And if it was still going on, we'd stop over there. But yeah, we, we had some connections for free beer. We got to bring beer in there back in the day. That was cool. Oh, you wow. bring your own beer yeah. and just put it on the table. So for us, it was like, eh, let's bring a 12-pack down there, you know. but Because uh, we need a few more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're drinking all damn day, but... uh. Oh, back to the Cubs convention. I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, like, if you have you ever been to the Cubs convention, Crawley, what do you need to know? Well, first things first, do not come late. I know opening ceremony starts around 5.30, 6 o'clock, but if you, what happens is it fills Dude, He's up. a genius. I would have going to say that. Don't, do not get there early Friday, right? Do not do, if you get there at 5.30, 6, what ends up happening is that the fire marshals, especially because the Sheridan is not very big, uh, it doesn't have a lot of space. The fire marshals stop people from going up at a certain point in time. So my guess is if you're not there by like 3.30, it's, you, you're rolling the dice on whether you're going to get upstairs to get into opening ceremonies. And opening ceremonies is always a blast to get into. So you want to make sure you get there early. Um, downstairs is where you're going to pick up your stuff. Now, if you, uh, I, if you order the hotel package, you have to go up there and you'll get everything that you need, which will be your lanyard. You'll get your um, calendar. You'll get a program of all the events. And then if the scratch off wild card ticket, the pull tab ticket, which the pull tab, yeah. a lot of people get really excited about. But, you know, it's uh, when people think of autographs, the Cubs kind is not the greatest place to get autographs. The lines are massive. So, I mean, it, it all depends on what you're there to do. If you're well, I always say I don't have to cut, you, cut you off, but like part you said, get there early. That was what I was going to say. The second thing I was going to say, what do, what do you want to accomplish? Right. Pick a lane because you could spend all damn weekend in line to get autographs, right, Carly? Right, and that's where the pull tab is so key because that's a guarantee autograph from one of the current players or one of the you know the greats, whether it's Andre or Rhino or whoever. Um, if you're sitting in line all day, I mean, you don't even know who you're going to get by the time you get up to the line, mm. whereas the pull tab's a guaranteed ticket. <laughs> so once you get that you know what or if you got your tickets by the mail they have to stamp it so you have to go down there you have to get it stamped it's they use one of those hole puncher type things and then they give you everything that you need you'll get your program and what you want to do when you get your program game plan what do i want to do do i want to get autographs well then make sure you're up early in the morning and downstairs waiting in line because the lines start forming real early now do you want to go to the sessions which are the best sessions sometimes there's going to be sessions that are at the same time are you a season ticket holder if you're a season ticket holder they have another hotel across the street from the Sheridan where honestly some of the best sessions occur because it's at a smaller kind of a closer feel it's not these huge rooms that they have in the Sheridan so you have to have a a certain season ticket holder you had to buy it through the season ticket holder link basically correct and you'll get a special bracelet which will kind of help you go into that but if you do you want to go in the sessions and honestly I know some people that just kind of go to just drink and have fun and just kind of meet up with people so it all depends on what do you want to do as a Cub fan going there But I can tell you that going there all these years, I've made groups of friends that I only see one day a year or one weekend of the year. And that's at CubsCon because a lot of them live in maybe Iowa because they're big Iowa Cub fans or wherever. But it's such a a fun time and you do get to meet a lot of great people. Now, once the opening ceremony starts, everybody comes out. It's a blast. It's a lot of fun. But then something they added in the last few years that you do not want to miss is the Ryan Dempster show. Yes, yeah. The Late Night with Ryan Dempster. Late Night with Ryan Dempster, where he kind of does a Jimmy Fallon-esque kind of show, and he has the different Cubs coming out. But over the years, there has just been so many funny things that have come out of that, whether it's um, you know Theo and Jed playing like this weird game where they put things in their mouths and try to talk. or Right. You know, these, this is they, awesome. They you know, Dempster's awesome. But, you know, whatever he does is awesome. Right. And so that, that's really your Friday. And, and a lot I know a lot of people like to go to Woody's Roundup. Um, but for those of us that now you know what happened, Crowley, there like the Woody's, uh, Woody's, you know, used to ha- they have their event they're having this year, which I will be at. I always go to every single one of them. But w- what happened was was one, one the Ryan Dempster thing kind of messed their uh, mm. the startup of their event over a little bit because all the players wanted to see they all love Dempster. Everybody loves Dempster. I want to see him. You know what he's going to do. 
So the players were getting there a lot later after the after the okay. the the show ended over there at the Sheridan. Then the Cub players would come rolling in, but the event would be going on for two hours, and finally the Cubs are strolling in. So this year they even knocked the Kerry Wood event back an hour. It's the latest it's ever started. Nine o'clock start this year, uh, which is a good, which is an awesome time too. But another thing, Crowley, I wanted to talk to you about is the Friday night is a big night for the bloggers and stuff like that. Yeah, there. You know, a lot of us that kind of sit there blogging, tweeting, social media presence. Um, it's kind of our day to just kind of just say, hey, you know, what a, what a fun year we had, and it's good to see you guys. And and that's Kitty O'Shea's. So a lot of us, Kitty O'Shea's is a bar right next door to the Sheridan, and we just kind of go there for drinks and have some fun. So if you're interested in kind of seeing some of your favorite, it's a great bar. It's a classic old Chicago bar. They got karaoke on Saturday night there, by the way, which is nice. awesome. But the cool thing is, is if you're in the Sheridan, if you go all the way to the bottom floor and then walk out the door on the water side and make a left, it'll, it'll walk. I mean, it's basically in the hotel. It's not, but it right sh- could be. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. You could walk out without a jacket and not get cold just walking right across there. And it's not a bad little place either to sneak over and get lunch one day. You know, I mean, it's so close and you can get out of the crowd a little bit. It's not. A, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a nice and it's a party place both Friday and Saturday night. And, and that's something when you talk about the food and, and the cost and stuff like that, people kind of need to plan for that. Like for me, I always kind of have a plan on what I'm going to eat and when I'm going to eat it. So I always bring breakfast with me. I don't do the, you know, the breakfast at the hotel is expensive. It just depends how you want to spend your money. The other thing, and I was one of the guys that started this was the rolling cooler. So when I go to CubsCon, I have a rolling cooler with all my beers in there so that you're not paying 10 to $12 for a beer because the beers are the same price as they are at Wrigley yeah. Field. So a can of beer is like ten bucks. I'm not so gonna like. be drinking that. So I, I keep that and I keep a flask of booze just in case they one day confiscate my cooler, but it's been like eighteen, twenty years. So. <laughs> You're good so far. <laughs> and it's safe so far. A rolling cooler is important, Crowley. We do it every year. We pack it up full of beer and we get down the opening ceremonies and then we're packed and they're like sardines and drink you know, drink the beers for, for you know, you usually gotta get in there early. You have to get in the opening ceremonies early, like Crowley was saying. You have to get else you'll be locked out but uh so you know one thing i wanted to talk about was what are the can't miss sessions they, they have some standard ones every single year if you're gonna go like on your list of i can't miss this session which ones would they be i mean the one that you always want to talk to and, and this is where cups convention was a unique idea of john mcdonough um who's now president of the blackhawks but was uh innovator as far as cubs marketing for many many years and the most famous alumni from my college by the way go ahead <laughs> But when, when you go there, you got a chance to actually ask some pretty serious questions. And that's where I've always kind of made my name is sitting there coming up with trying to come up. I spend a lot of time asking questions. So when you have Tom Ricketts, when you have Theo Epstein, when you have Joe Madden, this is your time to ask questions. You know, you don't want to, you know, I guess sometimes there's, there's some people that ask some kind of silly questions, some goofy. I don't want to say silly or goofy, but, you know, I don't really care, you know what Anthony Rizzo would have done if he wasn't a baseball player. Right. You know, like my, my question, you know, if I have a question, it's going to be something that's pretty serious that I haven't heard reporters ask. Thing you got to understand with beat writers, whether it's, you know, uh, whether it's Jesse Rogers, whether it's, you know, Kerry Muscat, whether it's whoever, they sometimes have to be careful and walk the line because of access. Right. And they got to be careful because that's their livelihood. I don't have that same kind of thing. So if I want to ask a serious question out and, and, and kind of, you know, the only thing stir I stir the pot a little bit, stir the pot a little right. bit, but you got to be really careful because Theo is an elusive master. He can kind of take ah, a yeah, question and kind of yeah. turn it and warp it, and you're like, God, you got away again. So I, yeah, I've had Theo's the best, with him. man. But uh, you know, you want to do that. Well, that's the good thing about you, Carl. You don't you don't, you don't go for the softballs, you know. No, no, no. And you're then you're gonna say what's on your mind. You're gonna ask smart questions. His questions have gotten way better. Like I, I feel like I've grown up with the guy because I've been to every company <laughs> convention. But uh, you know, I always saw Carly, but we just never really. I may have may have met him in the elevator once or twice, but never really talked to him. It's a club four hundred. Yeah, and and the other ones that you want to go to, the the key is who's the funny guy? Who are the speakers? You do not want to miss Rick Sutcliffe telling stories because yeah. he's a great storyteller. Mark Grace back in the day, great storyteller. Andre Dawson, awesome player, doesn't have really you know right, not right. really funny. So you know some <coughs> of the older guys, I always like Randy Huntley and Jose Cardinal. They got oh, a good gosh. little mix where they like to give each other some crap. It's classic. That the older guys like yeah, he's Sutcliffe. The Sunday one they usually have. Uh, it's usually older guys like suck. And a lot of times those guys are hung over pretty bad. 
but but to me, those are the ones you want to hit. And then, of course, I'm a I'm a big bingo guy. I always oh, like he's a bingo guy. Yeah, Cubs bingo. If you haven't been there, you, you play like bingo, except it's C U B S logo. And Wayne Mesmer, if Wayne so Mesmer, funny, isn't he funny? He is dude? one of the he's most hilarious. funny guys that you'd ever meet, and he's you don't so really know quick, that he's quick witted, yeah. man. Like. That's the, the you go to the bingo. The bingo is like I like I like to just go to bingo to hear him be funny because he's actually just got that dry sense of humor, but he can zing you pretty right. good. You know, yep. he's got a little riding danger field in him. He's got a little bit of everything. He's really funny, and so we're part of the tradition that we've always had is when you go to Cubs bingo, what you do is Wayne Mesmer, and he knows this, and this is why he kind of elongates what the prize is going to be. So once he starts announcing the prize, okay, we're gonna go in the next round, round number five. We raise our beers up high. And then he gives this big, long speech of what you can win. And at the very end, he always says the same thing. And this flag that flew over beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. Place goes nuts, and then you got to chug your beer. By the time you're done playing about 20 rounds. I didn't know that, good. really? Oh, oh it's, it's classic. So I did not know that, see? Yeah, so, you know, it's uh, – and, and the funny thing is I've been going for so many years, and every year I, I tweet him, I talk to him, Wayne, when are you going to call my numbers? When, when is it my turn, Wayne? I've never won bingo in all these years. That's crazy. I, I have this guy, Jimmy LaFrancis, the bartender yeah, of the stadium club. Yeah. I've been with him, and he's won like four times. Ah. But that room is huge. It's it's pure luck. Massive. Yeah. And so I brought uh, some neighbors of mine. I, you know, They came down, and they came late, so they missed opening ceremonies. But the next day, I said, you follow me all the way around. I'm going to show you around. So we get to bingo, and I tell her, look, guys, you know, I've been playing for a long time. No one really wins this, but it's a lot of fun. We'll drink. We'll have a good time. All of a sudden, my friend next door, so Wayne gives his speech, and this is what the prize was. It was a $100 gift card for Murphy's Bleachers. It was a John Lester autographed baseball, and it was a Ron Santo flag that flew over on the flagpole, the retired jersey flag. Okay, that's cool. Five numbers, Wayne calls. Bingo! I jump up, and I bingo! You just want to just get it right there. Nobody could leave it. She's shaking. Like this, carrying her bingo card up there, and she won that package. So wow, that's awesome. Last, last day of the season, she took me to Murphy's this year and paid for all my drinks. Sweet. Yeah, well, you were that. a winner then. <laughs> yeah. In a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you don't want to miss bingo. And then the other thing, a lot of people kind of overlook it, but Sunday is a day that a lot of people kind of just pack up and go home. Yeah, but as yeah. Stu was saying, you know, a lot of the older guys come out there and they have great stories. The older guys, for whatever reason, they just kind of they seem to relate better, I think, with the fans because they, they for a lot of these guys – when you talk Ron Santo, he used to sell pizzas, and a lot of these guys right. used to sell cars. They're just normal people that right. tell some really good – they can spin some really good well, rooms. and we've seen it out here at Club 400, too. They don't have, like, handlers around them, and they're just more accessible. Right. Because you know? oh, yeah. that's, that's the way it was. And they're walking into a bar. It's just like you're at right. Kitty O'Shea's, and you're at a session, you know. You bring them into Kitty O'Shea's, they're going to be different than they are at the session. You right, know, so. right. Uh, you know, Kitty O'Shea's, this is one of my favorite stories, is uh, – I went one time, this was at the Hilton, and, uh, you know, we had, I had a room with a friend of mine, and I won't mention his name here, but uh, all of a sudden, you know, we're drinking, we're having a good time at Kitty O'Shea's, and he meets a lady friend. Okay. He says, Crawley, I need to borrow the room. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? I'm like, all right. So I said, you want to do what you got to do, and then I'll be up there in a little bit. And, he's like, and we're literally going back to college. See you in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're literally doing the old college thing. If right. the sock's on the door, don't, right. don't open it up. Okay, okay, okay. So I sit there and uh, come back after I must have been like one one thirty in the morning. I come back and the sock's still on the door and I'm like, do I knock? What do I do? I'm like, shit. So I go back to Kitty O'Shea's, which is dead and closing up. And as I'm coming, as I'm kind of going there and they're kind of like talking, in comes Jim Hendry and all the beat writers. And so I just kind of <laughs> pretended like I was part of that group right. and just walked in. And so Jim sits down at the bar, orders a round of scotch for everybody. And he's talking stories with the beat writers that you just couldn't imagine. I bet, yeah. And, and by the time we got through our third scotch, Jim is, this was 2010, and this was right after the Milton Bradley thing. And he said, guys, Milton Bradley, that was on me. That was that, that, <laughs> that was my fault. But I, I ended up. We all make mistakes. <laughs> I ended up sleeping on that couch right outside. There used to be that little uh, bar restaurant right next door. Oh, yeah, Milton, yeah, right, 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 yeah, exactly. I, I ended up sleeping on the couch then. <laughs> And then, but I had my alarm set, you know, nice and early to get going. So, you, you, like I said, you got to have a little bit of uh, fortitude to kind of get through that weekend. Yeah, yeah, I want. That was a great story. But you have a couple, you know, at the I would call it the the big meeting in the morning. Usually, it's uh, now it's meet the Ricketts. But in the past, it was well. They also have meet the management. So meet the management usually after meet the Ricketts. 
Uh, Crowley's always in the front of the house. This guy has actually broke news or started news. Uh, tell us a couple of classic Crowley stories of you at the Cubs convention. Well, the biggest one, I think, was 2009. The Cubs had just gotten swept um, for the second time uh, versus the Dodgers in 2008, and it was just a disaster. And uh, at the time, a story broke about that there was this Greek Orthodox priest that gave his blessings on Wrigley Field before the um, NLDS. And so it's, it was just, it struck a lot of people as weird because every manager that ever came, whether it was Joe Madden, Dusty Baker, Don Baylor, you know, just keep going back, you know, Lou Pinella, they hated talking about the curses. They hated talking about the Billy Goats. They all thought it was the stupidest thing. And I kind of just said to myself, why, why would you, why would you have a Greek Orthodox priest when you're trying to get away from that? And so I asked Crane Kenny, I said, you're a really smart guy. I'm like, why would you have a Greek Orthodox priest bless the field if you're trying to get away from these curses and all these stupid ideas? And he looks at me and he said, well, you know, Crawley, that was one of the dumber things I did. This guy called up, Greek Orthodox priest, big Cub fan, and he wanted to say a prayer for health and good fortune. And we had health, but unfortunately we didn't do it. So, you know, he called me and he asked if he could say the prayer. He came out a few hours before the game and that's fine. And I sat down, and I'm kind of just sitting there, and I'm like, they don't let anybody into the ballpark, even, like, early for a normal game, much less a playoff game. Like, this really sounds not right. Well, Paul Sullivan, who was, at the time, uh, the Chicago Cubs uh, beat reporter for the Tribune, he actually gets somehow gets in contact with the Greek Orthodox priest. And he talks to him, and he says, hey, you know, you're the one that came and asked Craig Krenny, you know, Crane Kenny to come in and say a prayer, and... And the priest was like, no, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I was, I, you know, they called me and asked me to come out there to do that. So at the time, they were shooting a documentary. It was the 100-year anniversary, 1908. It was 2008. They shot, and I was, and to this day, I still believe that uh, it was done for the documentary, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and having to do with that. But I woke up the next day on Sunday after bingo where I'm always real foggy, and all of a sudden, all the beat reporters are like, do you see this? This is on Sunday front page. <laughs> All about, you know, Crane Kenny lied about the priest and this big controversy. So that was always a, a classic, you know? Yeah. Um, first off, I want to say thank you guys for making the tough decisions that may have been unpopular but are towards the goal of winning a World Series. I appreciate that. I got a question for um, Randy and Jim and then one for Crane. Um, what was the decision to get Bradley as far as over Ibanez or over, say, um, Bobby Abreu? What was the thought process that went on there? Crane, for you, quick question. Um, you're a very smart man. You didn't get to where you were by not being smart. You also talked about not believing in curses, yet the Greek Orthodox priest comes out of there, and that was kind of embarrassing, I think, to, on a national scale. Now, I know that you w I don't think you would have done that on your own. I know a documentary was being shot last year, no. and were the producers, did they ask anything as far as would you do this or would this be great for the documentary or anything to that? So let I'll let you guys answer. Let me do the, let me do the last one first. So that, that's one of the dumber things we've done, right? Um, and, and in my six years of decisions, that's, that's probably maybe two or three in the, of the dumb things we've done. Um, and no, this, it had nothing to do with the documentary. It wasn't uh, somebody saying, well, we, let's try and do something spicy. This was it, 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 along the lines of, of making decisions quickly, and you shouldn't do that in life. You know, an email comes in that this is a huge Cub fan that wants to get tickets to the game and has the cell phone ringing with the Cubs tune on it. And, his email address, and I said, let's bring it, let, let him go, let, just be clear. That decision was at my desk. N nobody had any influence on that one. And I said, let him in. He wanted to say a blessing for our good health, which we had good health, but, but the results made us sick. Uh, so, uh, so no, it, it was nothing more than let, let's let some, one of our fans in, and he wanted to come in six hours before the game and just hopefully give us some good health, and I said, fine. If I could do it again, I wouldn't have. Um, no question about it, but it, it had nothing to do with it got blown into a bunch of different things and it's it's uh, you know It's one of those things you look back on and say how did you make that decision? It, clearly not one of my best in the last six years the Milton Bradley decision uh, as we went into the offseason um, We looked at it and we, we we felt like we had two clear priorities number one We felt it was imperative that we re-sign Ryan Dempster and we were happy to get that done early on in the process and the other thing that we've talked about a lot is that we really wanted to try to increase our, our flexibility in the lineup, our, our ability to match up left-handed and right-handed. And as we started evaluating who might be available, not only through free agency, but through trades, and we started doing our homework and meeting with all of our scouts, uh, they're a huge part of the process and doing our background work. 
The, the thing that we kept uh, coming back to was over and over we kept hearing about Milton Bradley and more and more people kept saying he gives you the best at bat day after day in the American League. Deep counts, sees pitches, does a lot of the things that we stress to our players, a lot of the things that Fukudomi brought to the ball club last year in the first half of the season and that we think he's going to get back to doing. That's it. How about a nice hand for Crane Kenny, Jim Henry, Randy Bush, and thank you. Kind of foggy is right. That's how I am every Cubs convention morning. It's kind of foggy. But no, that, that's a, I, I remember that quite well. That whole incident, uh, probably yeah, you definitely you, you got the you know the pot stirred, and then from there it just took on its life of its own, you know. Right, and that, that's where you really kind of got to come up with some questions, and some of them are not easy. But look, this is our convention. This is for the fans. Right. And so you know you can ask, like I said, some cheesy questions. You can ask whatever you want. I'm not you know I'm not the the key, the question keeper. I'm just saying you got an opportunity. Ask some real questions about what people would be interested, what they want to do, and and that's where I kind of look at it is. You, this is your one day as a fan. You have expectations of what you should be able to say and ask. So take some time and think about your question because once you get up there, you start getting the nerves. Even even yeah. I've been doing this for years. You know, when all of a sudden every all the all the eyes are staring at you, that, that's uh, when yeah. it gets nervous. You can tell even when you're um, when you're out at a Club 400 event and you're going to ask a question in the Q and A. Which we always the first let, one we always let you go first. Cry <laughs> uh, goes first. <laughs> um, you can tell that you've already thought of the question and, and it's prepared, and that is the best way to do it. You know, the other thing is it. think two or three questions right. because that person in front of you may be asking the question that yeah. you want to ask, exactly. so you don't want to be sitting there like do it right in front. Well, of Well, that's the why you go first. <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> but uh, one of one of the classic moments is sometimes you meet some strange characters. There's fun characters, like I said, friends I met, but there's some strange characters. And uh, there was one time a year where there was this guy where he kind of looked kind of like just a little bit off. And he pulls out this piece of paper and he says, I am going to give a prepared statement. And they let him ramble for like 20 minutes. And it made no sense. And, we, and, and the longer he went, the more we started laughing. So the next year, I'm like, man, if I ever see a person like that again, I'm getting my video camera out. I'm taping it. Next year, what ends up happening is this lady, and we she got she has the nickname, and she still goes every year. I see her every year. She won't take pictures with me anymore, but we call her Crazy Hat Lady. It's this <laughs> lady, okay. And she has, we oh the other Crazy Hat Lady. She yeah. has a floppy hat, and she pins a million things on it, and the hat weighs down. And it goes over her head, and she. So we need to interview her, <laughs> Crazy Hat Lady. <laughs> I, I would like to be here to see that one. So Crazy Hat Lady comes up, and she's speaking to Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. And the first things that come out of her mouth, she says, Theo, I doubt you know the following players. Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, Ron Santo. And everyone goes, you don't think Theo Epstein knows these players? And she goes on this huge rant about how you don't keep players together, you and trade guys. And it was the most incoherent speech I ever yeah, heard. Yeah. And I have it on video. It was, uh, it was uncomfortable as a listener, you know? Wow. <laughs> It's it's there are some characters out there and you know Ronnie Wu's going to be there but those those are a lot of fun but you know a lot of people some people want to go for the informational things you know another one that's really gotten a lot of popularity over the years uh, the kids only where the kids right. get to ask the questions and they really have no filter on that and that's one one I think where the players really loosen up and so if you have an opportunity that's a great session it always is a highlight of the convention usually it's later in the day on so Saturday that's just kids. Everyone kids asking the questions. Yeah, and usually it's like, hey, can I have an autograph? You know, right? <laughs> well, and but, but but sometimes there's some gold going on there. Oh, right bet. there, there, there's some gold, and you can you can sit there and, and get some good laps. But it really depends. Like for me, I like I like to see the uh, I like to find out what's going on with the team, what direction they're going, and so that's why for me, business ops is always a big one to go to right. to see. Like I said, there's a lot going on this year with the renovations at Wrigley. Where are we at? What are we doing? What are the next steps? Uh, finding out, you know, talking to Joe Madden. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy right. surrounding Joe, you know, and uh, we lost our hitting coach and our pitching coach this year. You have the Addison Russell situation. So there's a lot that can be asked. Now, how straightforward he's going to be, and, uh, you know, Joe's another one that can uh, really kind of turn things around and kind of avoid your question. That's why you got to kind of word it real carefully. Right. But there, there's a lot to ask this year, and same with Theo. You know, you know, I love Theo Epstein. I love, 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 love. I'm a Theo's witness, is what I say. But uh, you know, I, there's some questions, and, and right. I think they need to be asked. And like I said, we don't have to worry about, you know, we don't need them for access. This is our access. So ask the questions. Wonder what people. Wonder what's going on, and go from there. All right. 
a couple things I wanted to bring up about Cubs convention. Uh, make sure you say hi to Gary Pressy, who sets up his organ right in the, in the main lobby there. And then off to the corner, usually on the main floor, there's uh, Cubs Charities. They're selling grab bags that go really quick that you can get really awesome stuff in. And they have uh, mystery baseballs they're selling over there. And then the, I think they even have meet and greets with players, but you got to be in line really early to get those. They're usually like $150, $200. You're guaranteed mm-hmm. to autograph in a picture with some of the top players. But I, th- I think it's it's closer now to $300. Is it $300? But yeah. you, get, you and a guest get... Two things autographed and the pictures, but you have to be there. You have to be there super early. Not not only super early, you have to be there on Thursday. Yeah, like there the are wait people line that spend that. the night to get the that, to get that, but that guarantees you whether it's a Rizzo or a Bryant or a Madden, a much more close opportunity. When you win right. the pull tab, you go up there, you get your autograph, you get a quick picture, and then the next guy moves on. But that one, those are worth a little bit more money, and so that's where it gets a little bit tricky. You mentioned the grab bags. Those are always popular in the mystery ball. The other thing that a lot of people like, especially people that like game-used items, is the garage sale. Yep, that's awesome. And so you can sit there and go to the garage sale and end up getting... I've got some great stuff from there, yeah. Jerseys, bats, whatever you want to do. And so that's that's a lot of fun, too. But th- the thing I always encourage people is the first time you get there, you're gonna hopefully you'll fall in love with the Cub Convention like we do, but uh, take your time. Really kind of absorb it all. And that's why I, I kind of would say if it's your first time, I wouldn't really do the autograph lines as much as just walking around because they have a lot of things on the different floors. They have all the minor league organizations that are in one room, and you kind of get to meet the people from Myrtle Beach and Iowa, and uh, they're just great people. And then you can uh, – they a lot of times they have room with little historical things that you can kind of yeah. take a look through. So just take your time. And the other thing I would say is, is, is talk to people and meet people because this is a great place to kind of – I don't want to say network, but just meet Cub fans. And I know people that, you know, buy, sell season tickets to each other after that, that really become friends. And, and that's an opportunity to just kind of talk and meet people. Don't Sometimes I, there's been times in the past where I've gone to the Cubs convention by myself and just hung out and met people. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, it, to me, that's where, like I said, I've met so many friends and kind of made so many connections going through there. So I always enjoy doing that. So for the 2019 convention, you know this because you've been going to every single one, but there's always like some breaking news or something big that's going to be a part. You know, uh, I mean, it's, for the last couple, one year it was the renovations. and But what, what's going to be the big news this year? Hopefully Bryce, no, Bryce Harper, that would be awesome. I doubt it. Yeah, you're, you're looking at the hope is going to be a Manny Machado or a Bryce Harper signing. If, if that, though, neither of those happen, then there's going to be kind of an uncomfortableness to it. There has been things in the past. The most famous was uh, Jeff Samarja one time signed right before convention. Kerry Wood re-signed. The, mm. Dude, let's talk about that real quick. Tell, tell us. I mean, for most people, I think that, that was one of my – that was a convention that obviously made news, but it was a special moment for a lot of Cub fans. Um, in 2010, and we were just talking about this earlier, uh, this is – today is the anniversary of the passing of uh, Cubs great Ron Santo. And um, – when he passed away, uh, he was very close with Kerry Wood. Uh, if you remember in 2003 against Atlanta, that was when the cancer, which, which ultimately killed uh, Ronnie, um, that's when he first had the cancer and he had to go to surgery and he couldn't be there in Atlanta. And Kerry hung up his jersey uh, in the dugout in Atlanta for the clinching game. And right after they clinched, he ran in and, and called Santo immediately. So they had a very close bond. And uh, when Kerry Wood left, I think he went to where, Cleveland and then he went to New York. Uh, he came back for um, Santo's funeral. And it was there that him and Jim started kind of, Hendry at the time, the GM started talking about a return to Chicago. And it was at that Cubs convention in 2010 that, um, and, and it's Pat Hughes and it's opening ceremonies. And like I said, that was a very somber one. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, Pat Hughes, while he's calling out, what they, what they do is they call all the old players then they call all the Hall of Famers, and then they call the new players and go that route. All of a sudden, Pat Hughes said, I've just been handed a uh, note, yeah. resigning with the Cubs, Kerry Wood, and that the place crazy. just exploded. Mm. So I mean, it was a special convention. Oh, it yeah. always will be, because just for him to finish his career back in Chicago, obviously, it didn't last that long. I think he, uh, he did, yeah, hung it, it up in May of that year. I think it was it May or was it the following May the next year? I don't remember, but I don't think it was. I think it was just a couple month months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. It's always cool though when somebody ends their career where they, you know, really made their name. So. Oh man, Kerry, that's a Kerry Kerry Wood and the Kerry Wood Foundation. Uh, always want to help those guys out. We're gonna get Kerry back here real soon. I hope maybe even next year for 2019. But 
Uh, Crowley, uh, another question I wanted to ask you uh, before we get going. We're, we're going a little long this episode, but we got a lot of information. Right. But I was going to say, make sure if you're staying at the hotel, bring food. Bring a lot of snacks, right? Yeah, always bring snacks and food. And, and like I said, everything there is expensive and it's not that great. So it's like, you want to pay $10 for a slice of pizza? Uh, no, not really. So I, I always pack like just, like I said, I do have my beer, but I also have Gatorade and other stuff in the cooler. Bring some waters and just keep everything up at the hotel. I always, you know, bring pop tarts, bags of cereal, just anything sandwiches. You know what I mean? Because it's pop tarts. Expensive. It's a secret yeah, it's of the con- like a successful convention. <laughs> it's an expensive weekend. I mean, what is parking down there? Oh, Sixty, man. seventy dollars yeah. just it's, to park. It, it, that's, parking's a problem. You probably I, I valet it. You know, usually. So I mean, I pay the money. Right, and so it's just to me. I always kind of say, where can I save money? So yes, I can go have a nice breakfast at the hotel or whatever, or I can just eat pop tarts and chill out and talk to people and try right. to sober up before the question and answers start. So. I would always say bring snacks, bring food, bring drink, whatever you can. Lots of hangovers Saturday morning for the Ricketts. Yep, and and I, I, I think I, that's I mean, why because you're out with the Carry Wood, you're at the Carry Wood event. Usually mm-hmm. I am, and we're drinking all night long, and it's a prepaid. So you're paying for it, but you're prepaid for it. It's so. no coincidence that the two, that Theo and the Ricketts are the first two ones early in the morning, mm. bright and early, right. because that way they get to avoid some of the angrier fans that are still shaking off the night before. <laughs> One of uh, the stories, I want to ask you a final question, but I, I, uh, one of the sessions I always remember, and I want to ask you, like, what was one of your favorite memories at Cubs convention that maybe happened in a session? But one of my favorites was, and I'm not going to do it any justice, but uh, when Harry Carey used to have his sessions, man, and more than a few times he broke into the Elvis Presley story. Do you remember that one, Carl? Yeah, yeah that was, those were good ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, he's going to Elvis Presley's house, getting hammered with him. Uh, well, I think he was doing the Atlanta games, wasn't he? Or something? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember those, Crowley? I mean, the one tell him about eating peanut butter and uh, jelly sandwiches. and Peanut butter, banana fried peanut sandwiches. Butter banana. Yeah, yeah. Peanut, yeah, right, exactly. The ones that always used to kind of really uh, get me a lot uh, were whenever Ron Santo was there. And every year before the convention on my YouTube channel, I have one. I don't know why I decided to tape it, but it was Rick Sutcliffe. It was uh, Ron Santo, Lee Smith, and Ernie Banks. And it was just absolutely hilarious. So, again, those old guys used to have some great, great stories. So I taped that one. That meant a lot. you know. And I look back at that tape every now and then and just kind of just laugh at how funny those guys were. Uh, Beckert and Santo, they were roommates. A lot of people you know, didn't know that. But they had some hilarious stories. And they used to just rag on Santo. And Santo would be such a good sport about it. And then... Uh, you know, there's a classic story that Sutcliffe tells me about uh, Greg Maddox. And if you ever hear the story, it's just the way he tells it. I can't do it justice either. But uh, it was the Eric Shaw incident where, right. where, where Dawson got hit in the face uh, with a fastball and his face bleeding and everything. But uh, the way that Sutcliffe tells his story is that uh, they told Greg Maddox, who was a young pitcher at the time, you know, hey, you know, if you don't win – you're going back to Iowa. You're going back down. You got to get a win. And so I think it happened in the fourth inning that he got hit, and there's a big brawl, and Sutcliffe's one of the first ones out of the dugout and this and that, and Sutcliffe gets ejected. And so when he comes back, he tells Maddox, get, get the win. Qualify the win, get one more inning, and then do what you got to do. And Maddox looked at him, and he said, I'm going to be the next guy that comes up to bat. Sutcliffe said, no, 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 no. Just make sure you, you know get the win. Right. Do what you got to do. The very first guy up after the Shaw brawl, Maddox hits him, him and gets thrown out of the game. And right after that, he gets sent to Iowa. Right. He gets sent back. And but Sutcliffe said every one of those veterans had the most tremendous amount of respect for Maddox after that, and and it just showed the character of what kind of player Greg Maddox was. Probably one of the best I've ever seen. Right. And I'll tell you what. That's the. I mean, the, those Q and A's. Uh, I mean, that's what I, I pick a lane, and my lane is I want information when I go to the Cubs convention. I want as much information as I could possibly get. If I win an autograph, you know, I'll, I'll go get the guy's autograph. But for the most part, I'm there for information because I think it's, you know, hearing the stories is, are priceless. That's why I love doing Q&As here, you know. Um, but, uh, Crowley, again, tell us where uh, we can find you on the social media networks. You can find me on Twitter, at Crawley's Cubs. There's no E in it, C-R-A-W-L-Y-S, Cubs. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. You just look up Crawley's Clubhouse, and I'll, I'll be popping out there. And same with our websites, www.crawleysclubhouse.com. 
Um, for anyone that's going to be going out to Cubs convention, if you see me, I absolutely love saying hi to you. I don't care if I never met you before. If you're meeting me at Cubs convention, you're a friend. So please stop by. Yeah, Crawley's one of the most approachable people I think I've ever met. Again, met him on a bus (laughs) and clicked right away. Uh, Yep, the first annual club 400 road trip. We'll be doing a second one this year to St. Louis. I hope Crawley's coming, but uh, we'll have Crawley on again, no doubt about it. sure. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Song is dedicated to them. <laughs> now, the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friends, I'll say clear. I'll state my case, of which I'm certain. I live a life that's full. I travel each and every highway. More, much more than this, I did my. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do, so it threw without intention. I planned each charted course. Careful step along the byway and more.